episode 55 of Around the League, finals edition. It's been a minute since we recorded. Since then, there have been some epic games between the Boston Celtics and Golden State Warriors. And as we predicted, this series has been nothing but exciting. And if you're a fan of either of these teams, it's definitely been an emotional roller coaster. Tonight, we're going to unpack the last three games, game three, game four, game five, with our boy Tuan and give our takes on game five and, you know, how we think game six is going to go in the garden. Tuan, how you doing, my man? Bro, I'm doing good. I got two words for you, though. Two words that probably haven't been said as often as we as we would like, but uh, that's that's Maple Jordan. <laughs> you know, the this is uh, seven years of just a lot of, you know, people talking down on this guy. And, you know, he's a Canadian, a quiet Canadian. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be on this pod and be able to, you know, represent Vaughn. Vaughn, you know, Vaughn Ontario. And uh, uh, yeah, man, just crazy how th- this guy's been, you know, number one pick to, to now. But yeah, no, just I've been good, man. I've been good. Just wanted to, you know, give some props to to Andrew Wiggins real quick and kind of go into that later. But um, yeah, last three games I've been such such a ride. Um, I still don't know who's gonna win Game Six. I don't know what's gonna go. I don't know what's gonna happen in the series. It can go either way. Golden State can blow them out tomorrow. Boston can just grind it out for the next two games and become champs. So I'm I'm at a loss. I wish I knew so I can bet more money on it. But uh, yeah, man, I've been I've been doing good. How are you doing, brother? Yeah, no, can't complain. You know, Apple does this thing where it's like, you know, one year ago or two years ago, and they show they show you pictures of you know what was going on at that time. And man, it was this week that the Raptors won the championship. You know, two years ago, three years ago now, actually. Crazy. Milwaukee and Lakers before them, but what a time! What a time to be alive. Twenty nineteen was. Yeah, it's man. I, I I I wish. Uh, yeah, man. I wish the Raptors were here. It'd be, be a crazy, crazy ride. But yeah, hopefully the team can come back to this level at, at some point within the next few years. Cause that was such a, such an amazing playoff run and such a, like a, a fun finals to be, or just be able to watch and be able to like experience with, with you guys. So, Hey man, if, if the Raptors can make some moves next two, three years, it could be, it could be our chance. Yeah. You know, it's funny because that was our first championship and you know, if there's anyone doubt, there's anyone that listens to this podcast that like belongs to a different fan base in the NBA, but um you know if there is one thing I'll say is it 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 wears on you for a long time like you know I'm still pretty content based off 2019 you obviously you want to win again um but you you, there's definitely an element of just feeling content that you did it and you could say that you did it um how do you feel about that hey man I I feel you it was a it was a struggle for the first 20 years of being a Raptors fan when you know, you, you you really see rock bottom when you get the number one pick and KD and Greg Oden aren't a part of that draft class because of some rule and you get this Italian magician that disappears after a few years. But um, no, man, it was, it was definitely a, a great run. And, uh, you know, hopefully Scotty Barnes and the rest of that crew can uh, stick together and we can, you know, bring one back in the next few years for, for the Toronto fans. We got the front office to do it. Before we get into uh, game three, four and five, it's funny, we were playing, I was playing Wordle this morning. I don't know if you play Wordle, but hey man, I I'm, I'm, playing, I'm playing Wordle every, every day. I, I'm on like a, ever since uh, my Asian buddies came to LA, we've been like 
doing that every day. So I think I'm like 60 days or something. So maybe I'll send you my word of score every day to see, see how, oh, yeah. how many guesses you take. Oh man, I'm, I'm pretty good. Pretty good. But um, it was funny. I don't know if you did today's. Have you done yeah, today's? I, I, I got today's. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Dayan and I were just laughing because it was primo. And then yeah, he said, I, shout out Bards. I said, pasta and sauce. I didn't even know primo was a word. I, 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 I got to my third guess. I'm like, man, this doesn't make any sense. Like, is this, how is this even a word? But yeah, I got that one too. Um, hilarious. Well, yeah, we'll definitely have to share our results. Um, yeah, let's get into the, let's get into the series though. Game three, all Boston, Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. They dropped 24, 26, 27, respectively. Clay Thompson couldn't find a rhythm and Draymond had a disastrous 2.4 rebound and three assist night. Um, so people were walking away from that game thinking it's over because Steph had zero supporting cast. And then that's the way the narrate, the narrative shifted. Uh, game four must win from gold must win for Golden State in the Garden. Either they lose and Boston gets a cushion 3-1, or they tie it up and go to Chase Center. Steph had one of the best games of his career, I'd say. One of the best games that I've ever seen him play because of the stakes and his ability to rise to the occasion. 43 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists. Played out of his mind. Stunned the Boston crowd. And he arguably had two four-point plays that whoever was officiating didn't call. Knocked to the ground on both both three pointers. So game four, probably one of the best games I've, I've ever watched and ever watched Steph Curry play fast forward to game five. No talking head could have predicted this for the first time in like 300 games. Steph Curry didn't make a three point shot and he didn't look like himself at all, but you knew that it was going to happen. You knew that there was going to be a game like this. And, you know, everyone sort of had it in the back of their head that there was no supporting cast for Steph Curry. So if this did happen, you know, Golden State's going to lose. And shockingly, like you said, Andrew Wiggins, the Maple Mamba, and the entire Golden State supporting cast rallied for Steph. And somehow, someway, they won that game. And if you're a Boston fan, that one hurts because you got to take advantage of a game where Steph goes 0 for 9 from the three-point line. What are your thoughts on this, Tuan? What are your thoughts on the last three games? Is there anything you want to touch on from any of the previous games that I just mentioned before we dig into game six? Yeah, there's there a lot to just um, take in from the last three games. Um, again, this, this series has been so unpredictable. And I think just the narrative changes every single, every single game. So during game three, I think, you know, obviously for the, for the Celtics, Tatum, Smart, Brown all played really, really well. But I would even say, you know, one of the, the biggest impact players on on that team for that game was Robert Williams. And, you know, I thought, you know, he had 10 rebounds, four blocks, three steals, had such a big presence. And, you know, it wasn't just scoring or, you know, having lobs thrown his way, but just having that presence there as a big and Golden State, you know, playing quite small, even with Looney in there and... After game three, I was like, man, I, I think Boston has this. I think they figured it out. Um, just being able to really play really well in the first half, kind of weather the storm in the third quarter there where they continue to struggle. Um, and then, you know, really have a dominant fourth quarter where Golden State only scored 11 points. So having Rob Williams kind of come out, play extremely well, even though, you know, he still has that, 
um, if you knee injury. Um, I, I thought, you know, they established what they wanted to do against Golden State in game three. And then kind of that all kind of, you know, went out the window in game four, fours and five. And I think, again, we know how Steph played in game four. I agree with you. It's probably one of the best games I've seen him play. Not, not only because he scored 43 points, but because of the way he just, I think he, he missed more open threes than he did on contested threes. And like you said, he had two consecutive, really four point plays that should have been called um, foul on Horford and uh, foul on Tatum uh, back to back. And just having him even grab 10 rebounds was huge for them because they've been struggling on the boards. And, and speaking about rebounds and just seeing Andrew Wiggins, even though he's not shooting particularly well, he's still shooting just so that they can, you know, get some offense um, outside of Steph and outside of Clay. And him getting 16 boards in game four. And it's it's funny to, you know, hear how his previous high in any regular season or playoff game in his career was 11. And, you know, that's that's a bit shocking to to hear from someone so athletic um, to be able to only get 11 boards as a, his career high and whatever I would say close to, you know, seven, 800 games. Like he's, he's consistently, you know, playing 80, 81, 82 games um, every season. He, you know, he's one of the Ironmans of the, of the NBA. And just to hear that his previous high was 11 and now how is he able to get 16 in game four? And then I believe it was 13 in game five. Um, such a, such a massive thing for them, especially after what we saw in game three and how, how dominant the Celtics were in the interior, how, you know, how just dominant they were in the paint, um, you know, grabbing those loose balls. So, you know, the, the last three games, you know, I would kind of summarize it by, you know, one Andrew Wiggins kind of coming out party steps, you know, shooting and kind of opening up the floor for everyone else. And I think Clay is really just slowly really get, getting back into the rhythm. I know game three where they lost, he had a huge game. He had 25 points, I believe. And a lot of people were saying, hey, you kind of, you know, threw away a game that Clay really came up on after he struggled the game, games one and two. And then he's been consistently getting around 20 points and, you know, shooting 30% from the three in some of these games. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think just Golden State has been shooting well. They've been defending well. And a lot of the Celtics struggles is based off of, I don't think it's, you know, Tatum or Brown per se. I think it's their bench. Like we're seeing no production from Grant Williams. Um, we're, we're seeing Pritchard play a little scared. You know, he's, he's still shooting one, one or two shots kind of to, to kind of get in rhythm, but he's not making it. So then he's, he's getting benched because of his, you know, his size, not being able to um, guard the Warriors at, at that size that they need. And um, yeah, man, it's just, it's tough to, tough to play when, you know, Brown and Tatum are trying to attack the basket, but they're also turning the ball over quite a bit. So yeah, just those, the, the last three games have been just kind of, uh, kind of weird, a lot of different things happening. So I don't really know what to expect in game six. You know, I could see it go both ways. I could see a super high scoring game. I could see, you know, a lockdown defensive game. I could see some guys go off. So, you know, it's really unpredictable right now, but just in the last three games, I would say those are kind of the biggest 
um, stories and narratives that, that, that I see coming from, from the uh, games three, four, or five. Yeah, I think the weirdest thing about game five was, you know, they didn't take they didn't take advantage of a poor shooting night from Steph, but like they won that third quarter. They came out so hot in that third quarter. Tatum was on fire. Next thing you know, they're up by, I think their largest lead was like four or five. So I'm just shocked that Golden State was able to stay resilient and able to come back from that deficit because there was no wind. It didn't look like there was any wind in Golden State's sail. And um, somehow, some way, you know, they were able to piece it together because I think after that third quarter, Boston ended up going dry. So this, I think this was Boston's worst game of the series. You know, if you were to ask me before the, before last game, who the better team has been consistently, despite win or loss, like Boston has looked like the better team, you know, that game where Curry was going off, I felt as though every time Golden State scored, Boston was scoring right with them. And it just took like, a miraculous performance by Steph for him to sort of, you know, create that separation, create that gap. But Boston's been there right at their heels the entire series. So it's just unfortunate for a Boston fan that, you know, not only was it a poor night for Steph, but it was also just a poor night for Boston. Um, other than that third quarter, they didn't, they weren't really able to do much. So, you know, I think game six is gonna be very important for guys like Derek White and, Grant Williams and Pritchard, because those have sort of been the, you know, the energizer bunnies that have sort of gotten them over the hump and they'll be able to feed off that home crowd. So, but at the same time, Gold State has the experience, right? So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting how this one plans out. What an interesting series, because it's really hard to predict. There is no true like pattern to these games. Yeah, they're they're absolutely not. And I I think with Boston, I think they're the more talented team. I would say they have maybe three out of the four best players in the in the series right now. Obviously, it's Steph, but then when you break it down, is is Wiggins? You know, is is Wiggins better than Marcus Smart? Is he obviously not better than he's playing better than I would say. I don't know if he's playing better than Jason or Jason Tatum or Brown, but He's playing as, you know, a top four, top five player in the series, especially yeah. the last two games, I would say. But before, I think Celtics are just... Sorry, before last game, I would have said it was Steph. And then the fifth best player was going to be a Golden State Warrior. Yeah. Players th players two, three, and four were Celtics. And yes. I would have said Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. I actually would have put Al Horford, Andrew Wiggins, then Marcus Smart. That's the list that I had top six because Horford's been enormous for Boston. Absolutely enormous for that team. Um, but now after game five, it's Steph. It's probably Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, or vice versa. And now I'd say Andrew Wiggins is number four. Yeah, no, Wiggins has definitely played um, past expectations and definitely the, the best two games that he's ever put together um, in the regular season or the playoffs. Um, so, so huge, huge props up and they, it's, it's, it's so funny when you look back at these, at the trade, especially the one that got him from, um, Minnesota over to the, over to Golden State and kind of what, uh, package that, that they received back. They, they got basically the seventh overall pick, which turned into Kaminga for, and Wiggins for T'Angelo Russell. 
who was never going to be a great fit for this team, especially as a kind of that, you know, third small guard, I would say. Um, and, you know, pe people will, will always kind of just nag on, on Wiggins because he was the number one pick. He was kind of one of the first like YouTube um, highlight reel type players. Um, and when he got to the league, kind of disappointed because he wasn't an efficient player. He couldn't pass, he couldn't dribble, he couldn't create for anybody. Um, but I think, I think it's just a case of being in a situation, uh, being you know around a team that just didn't have the the structure to develop good players and kind of throwing them into a role that they they might not be you know just ready for. And I think just the maturity level of him and the career arc that he's he's developed, um, you know, perfect timing because his contract is is uh, coming up. He's gonna be a, I believe he's gonna be a free agent this season or this this off season. So. Yeah, he's, he's going to make a lot of money um, forever. So, you know, you probably want to, the Warriors are probably going to look to resign him as, as kind of that perfect three to four tweener um, that can play, you know, uh, three, three to five. Uh, but yeah, we'll see what happens in the next three games. But I think Wiggins um, and just the, the revelation that he's been is, is huge for uh, the Warriors and just huge for, you know, having someone to guard. Jason Tatum, having Draymond guard uh, Brown, and then, you know, just everyone else kind of just playing their role. And we're, we're seeing the Celtics just, they look tired. They look tired from, you know, seven games with Milwaukee, seven games with the Heat, just grind out type of games. And um, Jason Tatum airballing a bunch of threes, or not threes, but just air, airballing his mid-range shots. I think he had like four or three or four um air balls in in the second half of game five um you know which you would never see but i think just you know the golden state warriors had have had a much easier path to the finals and they're definitely a more you know obviously um veteran team and they've been they've been here before and i you know it's gonna be interesting to see how game six goes because um curry just had a terrible shooting game game five we know clay game six you know, they go, they go hand in hand and um, Boston really, they're, they're, they're up against the ropes. And I want to see if they're able to, you know, really come out strong, play in front of their crowd. The crowd could even be a negative thing for them because if they can't, you know, um, ride the energy that the crowd's going to give them, it could be a, a game like, you know, Phoenix versus Dallas, where you get the crowd out of the crowd out of the, out of the game right away and you know it could be a really really bad sign for the Celtics so I'd be interested to see how this young team continues to um you know battle through a bit of adversity so yeah man game six is gonna be really fun I wish I knew again I wish I knew um which direction is gonna go but um honestly it could go it can go either way for sure you know we talked about Andrew Wiggins and how well he played I think the one thing we just have to remember is Steph Curry could have a career low night and his presence on the floor is the reason why that whole team eats. So his gravity, his ability to attract defenders, you can never leave him open. You know, he could have went for, he could have went one for 10 and hit a three at the most important time in that game. So, you know, games one, two, and three, there was opportunities for all the gold state warriors, you know, opportunities have always been there with Steph on the floor. You're going to get looks, but nothing was falling and games four and five we're starting to see 
other players for the Golden State Warriors, you know, seize opportunity. And I think that they're starting to really hit their stride and there's room for them to grow. You know, there's, there's room for Steph to bounce back. There's room for Clay to have a more efficient night. There's room for Draymond to score 10 points. You know, if Draymond scores 10 points in a game, it's a completely different ball game for Golden State. You know, there's opportunity for all these guys. So it's going to be interesting. Boston's going to be absolutely lit. They were lit in game four, though, and Steph was able to shut up that crowd. It was so cool to see him chirping at fans. I've never seen him do that before. And I'm expecting a very similar energy from the Warriors going into game six. Another thing I want to mention is even though all these games have been decided by more than or by 10 or more points, every game's kind of really gone down into the fourth. And either it was um, a few shots by Clay in game four to not only tie the game, but, you know, give Golden State the lead after Boston, you know, was playing really well. Um, even in game five, um, Boston came back in that third, and I think they shot like eight for nine from three. Um, they had uh, a three or four point lead. And then, um, what was it? Jordan Poole hit that fucking half court banker that gave the Warriors a one point lead, even though after that barrage of threes from Boston, and it was still a very close game um, up until, you know, the last few minutes of the fourth. So all these games have been really competitive. I think, you know, if Clay misses one of those shots or, you know, Poole doesn't hit that half court bank shot, you know, it could be a totally different, totally different game. And I, I think, again, that just comes down to those possessions and Boston has done a terrible job of protecting the ball um, all playoffs long. And especially this series, um, you know, they've had, you know, two straight games where they just haven't been able to um, hold on to the ball. You know, Brown, I don't know, his handles are continue to, you know, to, to, to be suspect. Anytime he drives into into the lane, it's either a tough layup or he's getting stripped. Uh, same with Tatum. He's trying to make these um, cross-court paths that um, are, are easily intercepted and just kind of running into transition by the Warriors. So, and that's where they're, um, you know, definitely one of the more dangerous teams when they're in transition and out on the perimeter. Because again, any of the three guys, uh, uh, the shooters can uh, knock down a shot, you know, off the dribble. So I just think if Boston is able to clean up some of those turnovers, things, you know, that I think they're just getting tired and they're just a young team and they're making these, you know, mental mistakes. If they're able to clean that up, keep it under like 15 turnovers. I, I'm not, I saw a stat earlier. I'm not sure what it actually was. I think it was like, if they keep, um, keep under 15 or 16 turnovers, they're like, they're like eight and two, but if not, they're like, oh, and seven or something. So they, um, there's yeah, a man, stat they, for everything. there's a stat for everything. It's like, they're, oh, they're eight. No, after losing a game, they're oh, and two after winning a game They're you know, it's, it's kind of funny. Like I, everyone's blurting out these stats. I don't know where these stats come. It's like, they're 10 and one when Jason Tatum has eight assists and they're 0 and 10 when Boston has, you know, 18 turnovers. It's, people got to chill. It's game six, game seven, all that stat stuff gets thrown out the window. It's high stakes basketball. Um, it really just comes down to the emotional aspects of the game. I think going forward, you know, there's so yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Uh, uh, that, that doesn't matter. That doesn't really come into the fact that it's like every game is a little different. I'm just saying that with, with Golden or the Warriors um, 
transition offense and Boston just turning it over. I think that's a, a, something that they can definitely clean up. But they, they also don't have a true ball handler or a playmaker, you know, as much as Marcus Smart has developed into a um, solid point guard. He, he still isn't the primary ball handler uh, in that sense because we're still seeing Tatum, Brown, you know, kind of take take over those, take over that role. So, yeah, I, I think just just not having someone to really command the ball when when you know you're one of the worst clutch teams in the playoffs um, is a big deal. So it no, could go right. down into it could go down um, you know as a close game, and they just don't have anyone to really secure the ball um, in, in tight quarters there. It's going to be interesting because I think this might be a, a Scott Foster game. Is he is he reffing? I believe he's going to be one of the referees because I don't think he was refing last game. So um, who, who does that hurt more? Game before, and it's so funny when you watch the when you listen to the Bill Simmons podcast. Uh, he calls Scott Foster the extender because <laughs> <laughs> he'll extend uh, series. Like who, who's who's a who's the like respected ref? You know, like I, I don't I don't even know who. Like everyone just likes like you know trashes on like Tony Brothers. Yeah, I will I like say Zach Zarba is pretty good, right? Like I've never heard anyone like really trash him, but all these all these refs are getting getting killed online, man. It's hilarious. Yeah, you know, I will say games one and two, especially. Um, I thought last game's officiating was a little shaky, but I've been overall pretty pretty happy with the officiating. You know, I think there's been some some decent officiating with respect to a couple games, maybe. Other than that, I think it's been pretty. It's pretty well, it's been pretty well officiated. Yeah, uh, it's, we, we see, you know, like Marcus Smart flop a little bit and that it kind of like backfired on him in game five, oh, yeah, with jo- right? Yeah, yeah, the one with Jordan Poole where he kind of just flopped there too. But yeah, just even Draymond, he's kind of, you know, playing a little dirty and really getting, you know, close to um, crossing the line on some of those plays. But I, I agree, it's, it's, the, I don't think the officiating has been a story um, in in the last few games, so I hope it isn't a a story in Game Six. But I could see Celtics really just putting their heads down and attacking the rim and um, getting to the free throw line quite a bit. I know, I know for Game Five, they they were 17 of 24, so they they missed a lot of you know free throws there that that could have kept the game close, especially since they were struggling to score early on in Game Five. So. Um, I feel, I feel like the Celtics have, a, you know, a lot of things that they can easily clean up, but um, yeah, you never know with, with Golden State Warriors, they're just gonna have one or two guys go off and it's just tough to come, come out of that when you're, you're such a young team and you're trying to figure out, you know, how your offense is gonna flow, who, who, who you're gonna go to, can your bench players come up big, um, especially since they haven't had any, really any impact in the last few games. Um, yeah, bench production hasn't been great at all. Derek White's been struggling hard. Pritchard, you know, kind of been in, you know, three, four minutes here, and then he's been pulled out because he can't make a shot. So, um, yeah, man, what, what what are your thoughts? Game six, do you have a prediction? Yeah, let's um, get into that. Um, we got four minutes until we, until we, uh, until we time out, so we should wrap cool. it up probably here. Um, yeah, I think Golden State's going to win game six. I think it's going to be tough, though. I think Boston's going to have the home crowd. They're going to play well, and they're going to have the officiating by their side. I think the NBA wants a game seven on Father's Day. Ratings have gone up. 
think like they've been they've been like 20 percent higher per game this series so um ratings are fantastic for the series it's great for the league it's great for the nba who wouldn't want a game seven if you are you know high up in the nba right now you're definitely salivating over the the thought of a game seven but i think gold state's gonna do it i think you're gonna have a major bounce back game for from clay or sorry from steph i think you're gonna have a much more efficient game from clay and this is gonna be this can be an epic this is gonna be an epic game six win for the Golden State Warriors. How about you? Yeah, I, I think all signs point towards Golden State winning, especially, you know, like like everything you said, a bounce back game from uh, from Steph. Con- did the continuation um, of the strong play from, from Wiggins. And yeah, game six, game six, Clay. I, I, I think that 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 legacy or that 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 reputation continues. And um, yeah, if if you know, two out of those three guys play up to the level that, that we think they can play at, then it's going to be tough for the Celtics um, to really bounce from that. But again, they're still a, they're still the best defensive team, you know, in the league all season long. So if they're able to clamp down and, you know, Clay or Curry, um, you know, misses a few of those open shots, it, it could be a totally different game, but I'm leaning towards the Warriors too. Uh, and yeah, I, I think they close it out. I think they just have that experience, and you know, they're they're a team that I that I trust to be able to go into a hostile environment and probably play their best game of the season. So, yeah, I, th- I think the Warriors will take it in six as well. It's gonna be interesting. Can't wait. Nine, yeah, nine p.m. Eastern, six six p.m. Pacific. Man, I look <laughs> forward to these games. So hard to get through a workday when you gotta when you're thinking about these games, but. Yeah, can't wait to uh, can't wait to recap. Either we're talking about a game seven or we're talking about the champions. It's gonna be interesting. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, I'm I'm surprised these games are so late, for, especially on the East Coast. Nine yeah, o'clock. well, it's because they want the they want the West Coast fans to be able to view, right? Yeah, yeah, no, for sure, for sure. So it's been nice watching at a six o'clock and still having you know time at night to do shit. But um, yeah, man, I appreciate you uh, jumping on. I know it's a little late out there, so. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll keep in touch tomorrow. I want to see how, how it goes. Uh, do you have plans? What are you, what are you doing for game six tomorrow? I just watching, watching at home. Watching at home. We've been, I've been watching with Dan quite a bit. So gonna, gonna send him a shout. See if he's available. Cool. Cool. Enjoy, man. Yeah, man. All right. We'll be in touch. All right. See you, brother. Okay. Take care. Peace.